Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to preach your gospel, Father. We thank you and praise you for your word and your grace and your forgiveness. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. <clears throat> Crystal don't like my dirty jokes, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, so this guy had a, a plumber come out and work on a septic tank. And the plumber was around and around and around the septic tank, and he dropped his jacket down into the septic tank. And he ran to his truck, and he got a stick, and he started fishing the jacket back out of the septic tank. And the homeowner said, man, you're not going to put that jacket back on. And he said, no, silly, but my lunch is in the pocket. <clears throat> Chris, Chris don't like them. Chris don't like them. She don't like the potty jokes. <clears throat> but, I mean, it's hard, man, I'm telling you. <clears throat> hey, and, and by the way, if y'all run across a good, clean church joke, I'd love to hear it. I would. You can send it to me. I'll even give you credit for it, except for Stephen. I'm not giving Stephen credit for it. <clears throat> um, so what we're going to talk about today is, is um, relationship goals. And I know if you're on the internet, you see relationship goals all the time. But we're going to talk about a different kind of relationship. Because, see, we were created as, as, as a... As a, a, a as a, a group, a race, a being, we were created to have a relationship. That was really our sole purpose for being created. We were created to have a relationship with God. That, 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 was, that was why, I mean, you know, I guess if you were building something and you, you know, had the power to build little beings and you're like, hmm, I don't know, I need one to be a friend and created a whole group just to be friends with. And it's kind of strange, right? But I mean, that's really the reason that God created man and, and woman was to have someone to have a relationship with. That's our only job on the planet. I mean, well, originally we were supposed to rule over all the animals and then have authority over all this stuff. And Adam gave all of those responsibilities to Satan. But we were created to have a relationship with God. See, nothing happened in the universe. There was no... God existed before time... There was in, in, in space and the universe and all of that, God was a righteous being sitting there, right? And he created everything that is created. And all the stars and the planets and the animals and the birds and the trees and the dirt and the rocks and the water and all the stuff he created, right? But he created, and all of those things have a purpose, right? I mean, if it wasn't no ground, we'd have a tough time walking around, right? But he created us specifically to have a relationship with him, and the problem is with most of the world is they walk around with a giant relationship hole on the inside of them. That part of your being that was created to have a relationship with God is an empty hole. This is empty. There's nothing that can fill it. And that's why there's a lot of folks who, you know, fight with drug addictions or sex addictions or, or jump off cliffs or whatever, right? They're looking for some kind of thrill that's going to replace that personal relationship with God that belongs on the inside of us. Right? I mean, we are created to have that relationship. So if you will, let's turn to, well, we're going to we'll kind of go around the house a little bit. First uh, Timothy. And, and, and this is where it really gets into um, the schematics of who God is, right? I mean, it, God came to, to, to the Jews and be the God of the Jews. But, but after they rejected him, he really became the God of the world, right? And um, I hear a lot of folks that say, well, I'm not supposed to be a Christian or I wasn't a Christian or I wasn't picked. 
And uh, if you will, 1 Timothy 2. Um, we'll start with 3. So this is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people that has now been witnessed to at the proper time. Right? So when God came, when Jesus came to the earth, the, 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 he came for everybody. He wants everybody to have a relationship with him. Right? But, but it, it takes some requirements. You know, if you're in a relationship... You can be related to somebody, right? You can have a daughter or a son or a cousin or aunt and an uncle. And you can be, well, how do we say it? Kin to them. You can be kin to them and not have a relationship with them, right? Because a relationship works in two ways, right? Like I can't have a, like my hero is, one of my heroes is Chipper Jones. I don't have a relationship with Chipper Jones. I like him a lot. I think he's great. I know all kinds of stuff he did. He don't know my name. We don't have a relationship, right? I'm a fan. But a relationship is in a situation where both parties communicate and are and want the relationship, right? It, you know, you could want to date a supermodel all you want, and if she don't know your name, there's not a relationship. And I, I know this seems kind of basic, but it, it, it's important to understand because what we have a lot of times is a very one-sided relationship with God. Like God is the creator of the universe and he sent his son to die on the cross and he, and he wants all of this stuff for us. And we treat him like Chipper Jones treats me. We don't know his name. We don't know what he's doing. We don't care what he wants. We don't care what he, his desires are. We don't really know him. And that's a problem, right? Because if you're in a relationship and, and one party doesn't know the other party exists or knows very little about him, it's not a very good relationship. In fact, it's really not a relationship at all. So what I know about what God knows about me is, is he knew me before when I was in my mother's womb. He knows how many hair is on my head. He knew me before I was created, right? What I then have to have in the relationship, if it's going to be a relationship, is then I need to know about him. And I need to know about what he wants and what he desires and what my part of the relationship requires. See, that's the difficult part. Because if you have a relationship that's all one-sided, whether you're married to him or it's a your spouse or your brother or your sister or whatever, if it's a one-sided relationship, that relationship is strained. And without communicating and understanding and spending time with, then you really have no relationship at all. If you have a child that was born to you however many years ago and you've never seen them, spoke to them, went, went there, been around them, you don't really have a relationship. You could still be their dad, right? I don't, Crystal, just in case, before we get to this next sentence. But if I were to have fathered a child 20 years ago, and I don't know that child's name or existence or anything, I'm, I don't have a relationship with them. Does that make me not that child's father? No. I mean, scientifically and, and with the DNA, I could be. I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I promise I'm not. But the idea is, is that I could be that kid's father and never met them, never know them, never anything. Well, God is our father and is the father of all the people, right? He wants everybody to come to him. 
But if we don't have the other side of the relationship, because he, he knows we exist, right? And what we talked about last week or the last couple of weeks was faith. And it says that, it, he, that we know that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And that's our problem. We kind of know that he is most of the time when I need him. And so at best, we're in a strained relationship. You know, if you have, um, if you have regular children, they don't always want to talk to you, right? So, so we had a little issue this week, and my kids love it when the, this week's stuff comes into the sermon. And it's amazing how God uses that. It really is. But, but I was out of town last week, right? And, and so in a, a, I had a three-hour car ride back to the airport, driving 85 with a bunch of crazy people on the interstate trying to make my flight on time. And we had a little bit of chaos going on in the house with the prom. Well, everybody's showing up, and were we there on time, and then we take the right pictures, and we wear the right shoes, and I mean, there was all kinds of stuff that was going on in the chaos. And I called my mama, my wife, and one of my kids, and none of them wanted to talk to me, not a single one. In fact, I called Savannah, and she texted me, can't talk right now, I'm in the car with my friends. And I was thinking, have you lost your mind? Have you lost your mind? It was a strained relationship at the moment. Now, I could tell you for certain that the day before when I was hunting and Savannah did not have the stuff she needed for school, she was calling me and I was stopping and answering. See how the difference in the relationship goes? I was busy doing something else, but not, not busy enough to take care of my relationship folks. And see, that's how we are a lot of times with God. We are doing our stuff, and then God tells us to do something. You go, yeah, 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 I don't got time for that right now. I have other stuff going on. Yet, when we in a jam, we go to God and go, oh, God, you got to fix this now. I need you right now. See, that's how that works. That's, we're still in a relationship, but it was a little bit strained at the moment. I can tell you it was a lot strained driving down the interstate when Savannah texted me back. Sorry, I can't talk right now. I'm in the car with my friends. And I'm thinking, I will wring her neck. And she lost her mind. Thank goodness the prom went great and everybody showed up. And we took pictures and ate and everything was wonderful. But the communication part of the relationship broke down for a period of time. And what's what we do with God is we get further away from who he is and what we're supposed to be. In fact, Jesus actually talked about that. If you will, turn to the gospel according to John. And, and you know, um, when Jesus was on the earth, it was a very agrarian society, right? There was a lot of, I mean, if you wanted to eat, you planted stuff to eat. That's what they did. They farmed constantly. If you wanted wine to drink, you planted wine. If you wanted fruit to eat, you planted trees. And so if you will, John, the gospel according to John 15, um, chapter, um, verse 5, it says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And if you remain in me, I in you, and you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and it withers. See, the relationship with God works when we're plugged in to the source. Right? In, in this example, a couple verses in front of that, Jesus actually says that, that, that my father, God, is, he is the gardener and I am the vine and you are the branches. Right? So, so without the gardener, there is no vine and without the vine, there is no branches. 
The relationship is determined by the guy in the front. Because if the gardener decides to dig up the vine, there's no vine. If God decided that there was no relationship, we couldn't make there be a relationship. Right? I mean, you get it? If, I mean, we have a free will and we get to choose whether we have a relationship or not have a relationship. But if God said there was no relationship, no matter our free will, there would be no relationship. Everything is contingent on him being there and being, right, a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But we choose whether or not we have a relationship or, with God or not. Because, because God is love and just and righteous, right? He is there. He's not going to move. He doesn't determine whether or not we should have a relationship depending on who he's riding in the car with. He doesn't decide whether or not he's going to communicate with us or whether we've been a bad boy or not. His part of the relationship doesn't move. Our part of the relationship comes and goes. So some days we're plugged into the vine just fine. Other days we over there withering, not doing so good. And that's the problem. <laughs> Crispy is going to kill me. Um, think about it like Crystal's plants. <laughs> a lot of times they sit on the porch and other people water. I mean, they don't get a lot of water. They just don't get a lot of water. And even if you find them and they haven't had a little bit, a lot of water, they have been unplugged, right? They have been out of the vine. And then a little bit of water and they come right back. And it's like, man, those plants look really good. And then we go to another period where they don't have a lot of water and they don't look so good. And then you get a little splash of water and they look better again. And then we get away from the water and they look bad again. How many Christians do you know that are in that same cycle that are plugged in, man? They look like they got everything together. Everything's great. The relationship's great. They're a better husband, wife, spouse, daughter, cousin, brother, everything in their life is wonderful. And then we get to that little period of where, you know, I got to work late and stuff happens and they don't get watered. That's the relationship difference. God's side of the relationship does not move. Our side of the relationship requires us to show up and do what we're supposed to do, to study our word, to develop our habits, to start to be the Christian we're supposed to be. And when we're not plugged into the vine... We don't look very good. That's just the truth. I know I've told y'all this before, but uh, Taffy Dollar one time said that renewing your mind is like taking a bath. And if you go long enough without renewing your mind, you will have the same effect. You will start to smell. When we're not plugged into the relationship side of God, Everything starts to slip a little bit. It gets a little bit worse and 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 a little bit worse. And then if we can get back and see, here's the problem with those plants on the porch. There's a time frame that they can survive without water. But if you cross that threshold, if they sit there just long enough without having touched the water, if we sit there just long enough without being plugged into God's word, it's the easiest habit in the world to break. You can come to church your whole life and it's the easiest habit in the world to break. Why? Because the enemy don't really want you plugged into the vine. Just like those plants. Once you cross that threshold, I'm not saying you're not going to heaven, but it gets really hard to come back and have a relationship. Why? Because you start thinking, well, those people at that church, they're going to judge me. I missed three Sundays in a row, so I'll just miss four. 
I don't understand it. I'm looking at y'all. People watching on the internet, we would love so much for you to be sitting in the pews, fellowshipping with us, praising with us, and worshiping with us, hearing God's word with us. We'd love to have you. But the problem is, is the world thinks that because they've not been plugged in long, because they're a little wilted, they're a little crumbly, they don't look like the bright green plants that they're supposed to, that it's not okay to be part of the vine. This is part of the vine. The relationship with God, I mean, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling together of other believers, right? We're supposed to be, this is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to gather together and worship. Now, is this a requirement? No. Is it a requirement for those plants to get water every day? No. Do they work better if they get water every day? Yes. Does it work better for us if we have a relationship that's up to par? That if we're reading our word and praying, spending time in God's presence? Yes. You could tell a physical difference. The problem is, is it's so easy to not. We'd be in the car with our friends. Or we got something going on. Or something else is happening. Or we're real busy. Or we have something else taking place. And then we get an emergency and we run to God and go, God, where did you go? And he said, huh? I go nowhere. I've been right here the whole time. I did not move. You ran away. That's the difference. The relationship is strained when we move away. The relationship is not strained when he moves. He don't move. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't move. The relationship with him is all up to us. He is perfect and righteous. <laughs> we are not. <clears throat> uh, man, I don't like the book of James, but we will go to James for just a second. James is just, whew, James don't cut any words. James is like that friend that if you want to know the truth, you ask that guy, but you might not like the way it sounds. That's James. Um, James chapter 4. We'll go five. And we go four. You adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the Spirit and he calls <clears throat> to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? That is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Verse 7, submit yourselves then to God and resist the devil and he will free, flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve and mourn and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. He's talking about, it, that he talks about a double-minded man, right? That six days a week, our relationship is with the world. And then on that seventh day, sometimes our relationship's with God. And James says that it makes us an enemy to God when we get far enough away from him and we have a relationship with the world that we actually become an enemy to God. Now, it doesn't break the relationship, right? If you become an enemy with your spouse for long enough, at some point in time, you're going to break the relationship. If you hold water away from those plants on the porch long enough, eventually it's going to break the relationship. The plants are going to die and we're going to throw them in the trash and then we're going to go buy more from Lowe's and then we're going to do it again because that's what we do. 
<laughs> I'm going to be in trouble. I might sleep on the couch tonight. But the relationship with God is unbreakable, right? We just get further and further and further and further and further away. And he stands there, jealously longing for our relationship. Think about it. The creator of the universe built all of the stuff that you can see and built you only to have someone to have a relationship with him. That's our only job. That's why we were created. People say, well, I don't know why I'm here. I know one of the main reasons you're here. You're supposed to have a relationship with God. And that relationship with God is not 30 minutes sitting in the pew. It's not. It's, it's, that's not how it works. And I've used all kinds of examples of, of 30 minutes sitting in the pew on Sunday. But how about if you only ate on Sunday from 11 to 11.30? Right? You only talk to your spouse one time a week. You only talk to your friend. I mean, I guarantee you with social media now, y'all talking to everybody every day. I mean, you're commenting and liking and tweeting and re-snapping and, and all of that stuff. I mean, we are communicating. But are we really communicating with God the reason that we're here? And that communication, and that's next week. We could talk about communication. Our communication with God it's so important. It's so important to have a relationship to where we communicate. Because you think about it. That, that long lost friend or, or, or relative or whatever. If you don't communicate with them. We assume in no Facebook or Instagram or any of that. And we don't communicate with them. Do you really have a good relationship with them? Now look. I have those. I got a college roommate. One of my best friends of my whole life. I haven't talked to him in probably a year. I could call him this afternoon and we talk for an hour, right? Why? Because we're friends. But is our relationship really good when we don't communicate? No. I don't know what he's got going on. I don't know what's going on with his job, his wife, his kid. I have no idea. I mean, I do. I see it on Facebook. But I don't really know, no. I haven't heard it out of his mouth. When that's kind of the relationship we're in with God sometimes. I mean, I know God's there and I know he wants me saved and I get that part. But that's all I really got time to listen to right now. My relationship, eh, you know, it's important to me, but it's not important to me. But what we should do is treat our relationship with God as the, like the oxygen that we breathe, right? That it is the reason we were created, and it's so important to me that I put it first. First. And that's a hard thing to do, right, when you start talking about putting something first, I mean, because of us, I mean, what's first? Now, I would believe some of y'all would story, and if I ask you to take a survey and you say, what's first in your life, some of y'all would story and say God and then family and then job or whatever. I mean, I'm sure you would come up with some list. And that sounds good on paper, but truthfully, truthfully, how many people do we have, myself included, that relationship with God is first? And the answer would probably really close to zero. Because we do have a lot of stuff going on, and we have spouses and children and jobs and stuff and more stuff and different stuff. And we want to travel to other states and kill animals and whatever else. I mean, it is what it is. Whatever y'all do, fill in the blank with your favorite thing to do is. But I, what the truth is, is what should be first is our relationship with God should be first. That should be our number one priority. And the truth is, is in Matthew, Jesus says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these other things will be added unto you. He, he said, if you make me first, everything else will take care of itself. 
But what we have is, is everything else can't take care of itself, so we have to go over there and start taking care of it. And we don't put the first thing first. We put the first thing last, and then we over there meddling in God's business trying to make our life work like we want it to. When we would turn around and make our relationship with God work like he wants it to, all of a sudden the stuff in our life starts taking care of itself. Now that's a difficult thing to have faith in. That's difficult, right? Because you think that God's busy and he has stuff going on and, you know, the whole world's going crazy and God's tending to all of that and why does he care if my kids are behaving or not? And the truth is he does. That's what makes God special. He loves you for you. And when we put him first, he takes care of the stuff that we can't take care of. That's a difficult place to be. But in a good relationship... In a good relationship, when the communication is there and the time is there and the relationship is there and you have a relationship with a strong partner, God, when we seek him first, the rest of our stuff starts to take care of itself. It starts to take care of itself. And we get stronger and better and smarter and wiser and we start to look a whole lot better. It's like taking a bath every day. You smell a whole lot better. We spend time with God every day, every day, every day, every day. We water them plants every day. And then eventually, you know what the difference is? Is if you water those plants every day, they start to grow and develop. And then they put on flowers and they smell good and they're pretty and everything is great. But if you stop watering for just a second, the flowers will the leaves will, they start to die. That is really the best example that God has ever given me on what Christianity looks like. Christianity is getting watered every day and fed every day. How many of us look like old, dirty brown leaves crumbled up with no flowers and not very pretty? And we can't figure out why. And that's the problem is, is we're pressing hard. We're working hard. We're trying to do everything and please everybody and do everything that we can. All while having our back turned to God. And the truth is, is I got a scripture that I was going to read, but Thomas has already stood up. <laughs> that, it, that, we are, that those that are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. And we call Abba, Father, Daddy. And what we do is we're trying to take care of business and we're worried about God and not at all. And if we turn around and go to daddy with open arms, all of this stuff gets taken care of. That's the relationship with God that he longs for. He wants that. He wants us to put him first. I mean, the Bible says to cast our cares and anxiety on him who cares for us. And when our relationship is pointed towards him, the cares and all of the problems are behind us. And our focus is on daddy. But what we do is we turn our back on daddy and we try to tend to our own things at our own time, at our own pace, at our own job. And we go, why is this happening, God? And he is going, I'm over here. You could have a relationship with me and some of those things will start to take care of themselves. Or you can do it on your own, A or B, whatever, whichever way you want to do it. But we were built solely to have a relationship with God. And when we live up to our part of the bargain, right? When we live up to our part of the relationship, everything else seems to take care of itself. 
that seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these other things will be added unto you. Well, what do we do? We seek those things first, and we worry about the kingdom of God last. So, so <laughs> this week, I want you to water your plants every day. Every day. Maybe morning and night. Maybe at some at lunch. Maybe spend some time. Well, don't drown them. But I, <clears throat> my metaphors run out. We need to spend time with God every day. Every day we should be praying and spending time with God and listening and reading our Bible and developing that habit of being in a relationship, in a true relationship where we actually hold up our end of the bargain. We just don't run to him when there's a problem. Because our relationship, when it's watered and fed and we spend time with him, it starts to make better people, better Christians, better employees, better spouses, better children. And all we have to do is put our focus on God. When our focus is on God, everything we touch prospers. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and praise you for your relationship with us. Father, we thank you for your grace and your love. Father, we pray that this message <clears throat> goes out and will not return void and will accomplish what it was sent to do. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.